right, so I just got back from my latest deer hunt. It's the 14th. This will be out tomorrow, the 15th. Um, so I had a couple encounters with bucks. One last night, and then today, um, I was looking at the weather. Weather ended up being perfect. Um, it's been rainy, rainy, rainy for the last week. It's been just kind of torturous because even getting up on the mountain, you can get up there, but then it's just so foggy, you can't see anything. And it hasn't relented. It hasn't been one of those times where it, it rains in the morning and then kind of clears up a little bit or lightens up. When it stops raining, it's still completely cloudy up top, just shrouded in clouds. And this is what happens. It can happen for a week at a time, two weeks. That's just Southeast Alaska standard. So when it happens, it's pretty unfortunate and um, can be pretty frustrating. So the last week, I haven't really done anything. It's, I went up one mountain, but it was just kind of, I wouldn't say pointless. I, it was a wet mountain I hadn't been up and I uh, got to look around a little bit and, and see some really good terrain. So I can imagine what the rest of it was, but just went up there, set up my tarp, <coughs> set up my tarp, made a, made a meal, um, had some coffee and it wasn't able to look around a lot. Um, saw a little bit of sign, but, uh, nothing to, to get too excited about. Um, definitely a place I want to go up again, but that's the only, this, this last week, that's the only thing I've been able to do. Um, so yesterday, it uh, the weather was supposed to um, clear up in the afternoon, and then uh, it's supposed to start raining again today around noon. So it's like a 24-hour window. So yesterday afternoon, it went up, uh, went up a peak, and just hoping for that pop. It's been super rainy, so um, saw a lot of does at first, and then uh, saw a nice buck maybe 15, 20 minutes before. Uh, uh, before sunset and when you're up here um some of the mountains have a whole lot of that alpine cedar and spruce and there are these just there's a lot of texture to it and you have these rocks that are covered with um with the alpine foliage and so it's really can be a weird spot to get any sort of rest and the buck that i saw was on the other side of this little uh, notch in the mountain so as close as I could get, or, or 289 yards was as close as I could get. And that's, typically I'm not shooting more than 150 or so. Typically you can kind of make good plays on, on bucks and you're not taking a, a super long shot. So based on the, uh, the waning light, um, it was behind a little bit of brush and it would just poke out into this window. And when that happened, that would be my, that would be my chance. Um, but my rest wasn't great. I just kind of had the rifle up on this um, rock that was covered in, um, an alpine, um, vegetation. And if I tried to lay down, then there was just stuff in the way. So it was like the only spot I could be. And there was, um, before, uh, the notch dove down, uh, pretty steep. Um, there was, you know, 20 or 30 yards, but there was just nowhere over there I could go and I could get any sort of rest. So, um, a little bit longer shot than I'm used to taking. Uh, felt fairly confident if it was just regular straight up if I had a good rest, but I um, uh, didn't have a great rest and um, fading light and all that stuff, and I stinking missed. Uh, clean missed, though. I went over there just to double check and found where the where the bullet hit, and I knew I'd miss low anyway, so um, just to, to make sure. So that was unfortunate, but I did feel good because it was exactly as I'd planned, and you know, you know what to do. Uh, but it's still nice when you when you run that program and it still works out and you at least get the opportunity. So 
I was frustrated I missed the shot, but uh, I was also happy that I'd run the program, done things right, and rather than wait for a longer period of time that the weather was going to be good, you know, I say, hey, I'm going to go up right now. I'm going to try to make this thing happen. Uh, go up solo and see what I can do. So um, went back to went back to camp. Um, woke up this morning at four fifteen or whatever it was. Slept horrible as usual. Um, but uh, this morning too, there were, there were a couple does out, and usually you have about an hour. Um, if there's going to be any fog, like it'll hang low. Uh, during this time of year. And then, um, after about 45 minutes to an hour, it really starts to move as the sun starts to heat everything up. So it can look like there's low lying fog. that's just going to stay down there. But as soon as that sun starts to come up, it can really start boning things. So, uh, fog started coming up, but it didn't really solidify like it had, uh, when Danny was up here, we, we talked about how there was a lot of fog and there was rain. So, uh, I was worried that the same thing was going to happen where the sun was going to come up. You'd have about an hour and then, um, it was just going to get really foggy and socked in, but, uh, the fog definitely did come up, but it kind of came up and dissipated. So, um, I was able to, to get and to, to this one little, uh, area where I saw one small buck. It had kind of a nice body on it, but, uh, just a, maybe a crab claw, yeah, more, more like a spike. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. So I kept moving and then saw this other buck and it was a good looking buck and it was over 300 yards. So obviously I wasn't going to take that shot. Um, and I, I tried to figure out where the texture was that would lead me to the buck and where exactly it was feeding. It had come out of this, uh, this pretty steep terrain, but there's a, a little, little bit of timber that it had come out of. And sometimes they'll come out for, for just a little bit and they'll feed right back in. And it, it doesn't even seem like they even know that you're there. They just come out, come feed out. And then go back into the timber. And some of these timber areas have actually a lot of vegetation in there. When you get in there and look around, you think, oh, there's grass. There's there's deer cabbage in here. They don't have to go outside for this. So sometimes that timber area, um, it's not like forest where you think of forest or, or, or dense forest. It's just 
you know, enough light penetrates the canopy. And so you get these nice little patches of, of vegetation where, you know, they can safely, um, feed in there. So sometimes bucks will feed out for a little bit. Um, other times they'll feed out for a long time, but they'll be really close to that. Uh, they'll stay right on that edge of the timber. Um, so this, that's kind of what this one was, was, was doing. I was watching it for a little bit and I was hoping it would f- feed out far enough to where, um, it would be clear of the timber and clear of some of the brush and clear of some of the texture that it was in. And I could make my move down this kind of gulch, um, stay out of sight. And then where I pop up, I figured I would be within 50 to 75 yards should be a good shot. So as long as it didn't, uh, see me, we'd be in good shape. So, um, I started cutting the distance. I dropped uh, on the backside of the ridge, but the, I had to get on the front side just for a little bit. But fortunately its head was down. Um, didn't see me. So I got into that little gulch and I was working my way down, popped the head up. It was still there, but there was so much more once you see it live and once you see it from like in between you and the buck, things change when you're up on the ridge and the thing is, you know, 200 feet in elevation down below you, maybe a little less than that, maybe a hundred, 150 feet in elevation. Um, when it's down below, you can see things a lot easier, but once you get more to their level, more of those things kind of get in the way. So I'd cut a lot of distance. Um, it was about 150 or so, I think. Um, had to go a little bit further and then did. And then, um, it was about 75 yards and there's, he was in this like little depression. I thought, Oh man, this is not good. This is not good. I saw his back. Um, and I was staying tucked to, uh, some vegetation and trying to figure out a spot that I'd be able to get a good rest, uh, to make a shot. And I just saw his back and it looked like he was still feeding. Um, and back behind me, there had been three does as I was working down that, uh, that shoot, that little gulch. Um, and I was, I was worried that they would kind of react to me going down the gulch and that would uh, tip off the buck. So, uh, I kind of looked around me and put the binos up and I didn't see those does. Um, so it kind of made me wonder. And then when I turned back to where the buck was, uh, I wasn't there, couldn't see it. So I gave it about 15 minutes just thinking maybe it was still feeding, but it just kind of got down into that depression and it was going to rise up the backside of the depression, um, or it was going to come clear of the brush or, or something, but it just never happened. So, uh, I'm not sure if it saw me and took off, if it just fed back in, if it, uh, reacted to how the does reacted, uh, not sure, but, uh, it was a nice forky, really nice frame. Um, didn't have much, much length on the points, but definitely a buck, uh, I, I wanted to take home and get one in the freezer. At this point, you know, we're 14 days into the season, haven't shot a buck yet. Abby has that awesome mountain goat that we're going to talk about uh, on a future podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely a, a, a nice buck and, um, good meat on it. So, um, unfortunate again, um, sometimes you, you, you go all that way, you make that stock and it just happens. You know, there's some areas where you're too exposed. There's really no move that you have and you have to take a longer shot or you have to wait till it does something else because there's just nothing between you and it. And it's going to see any move that you make. And, and other times there's just enough texture and just enough vegetation where you can, or just enough brush where you can make a good move. And other times there's just so much and there's so much texture and there's so many little, little washes, little gullies, little, little veins, little whatever inside of the mountain that it's hard to tell exactly where you're going. It's hard to tell where you're going to pop up. It's hard to tell when you pop up, what's going to be between you and the buck. 
And then again, you don't know if the buck's still there or not by the time, you know, it doesn't even take very long. You're, you're talking, you know, a 15, 20 minute stock. It's not a real long period of time, but in that time, you know, they can, they can feed out to a different spot. Um, and then, you know, see the movement and you thought it was in one spot, but it's now, you know, 15, 20 degrees in a different area and it's, and it's clocking you. Um, but you know, that's, it's part of it. It's, uh, didn't ruin my day or anything. It was cool to, to take some photos and, and document some stuff. And, um, like I said, when you have weeks of bad weather, um, or just things aren't coming together because it's too hot and nothing's coming out and then you can't see anything because the weather's horrible. So to at least be able to feel like I hunted, um, felt great, uh, being up there. And then, um, there was another buck I, buck I saw way down low on this little ledge that there was no way with the amount of brush that was between, uh, me and it, there was no way that I was going to really be able to, to make a good stock, but I decided to anyway. And same sort of thing happened. There was a doe in the area and I only saw the buck when I first saw it. When I tried to make a move around, like I, all of a sudden was kind of too close. There was a couple other different lips in the way. It was just not a, not a good thing, but it went through the motions, you know, pursue it rather than just, you know, say, Oh, there's no way I'd get there and not do anything about it. You know, went after it. So, um, pretty fun. And then I went back to camp and, uh, cooked myself some, uh, or boiled some water, had some, had some coffee. And then I've been adding, uh, element to hot water. It tastes really good. Um, just kind of as a, you know, pick me up, but warm, it's rainy and nasty. Sometimes it's nice to have warm things. So that was what we did on the openers, just have some warm element. But, uh, like I said, it was pretty nice today. It started raining about one o'clock, but there were a couple, a couple patches of sunlight when we were up, th- when I was up there and it was just, man, it's so, so encouraging when you're up there. It gives you a lot more longevity. Um, you don't really want to get off the mountain. You're not in a hurry to get off the mountain cause you're sticking cold. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's why it's so important to have a pretty good program and ways that you can cope with the misery. Having your, your system pretty dialed in is, uh, is really important so that, uh, if things do get a little bit, um, sideways or things get a little bit, um, or misery is tempting you, you have some things that are going to keep you up there and keep you hunting, hunting pretty good. So, uh, good gear and then a plan for like a good comfort food, um, you know, making coffee or, you know, just the hot water element, something like that, that you can kind of fend off the, the negativity or fend off the misery. It's uh, it's pretty important to be able to have that stuff. And I know some people go really, really minimalist and that's fine, you know, do whatever you want to do, but, um, inviting a deeper level of misery. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's worth it. Let me tell the story later on about how bad things were and how you didn't have anything. Well, I'd rather be on the mountain with a, with a little bit of extra weight so that I can have a element or a jet boiler, you know, something like that. than uh, you know, then we're a hot meal, you know, have a peak refuel rather than just bring up a whole bunch of sandwiches. Now I have been on hunts where people bring like a peanut butter and jelly on a bagel. And it sounds like the best thing in the world. It's sometimes a sandwich just sounds so, so stinking good. But, um, you know, if you're just, if you're too minimalist sometimes, I think, or, uh, you, you don't have that comfort thing. You don't have things dialed in. I mean, I, you know, this is just from my opinion. If I were to try to run someone else's program, then I would be very, very miserable. So maybe I'm just high maintenance. Uh, but it's nice to have some of those comforts out there that uh, are going to keep you going. Um, so finding those things, um, 
talking to other people, hunting with other people, asking about those things that kind of help you, help you going. Um, pretty important. So that's kind of the blacktail update. Uh, it's middle of the month. So in the next couple of weeks, uh, start to get hard horned, which would be uh, pretty cool. going to head back up to that mountain at some point, whenever I get a chance and, uh, see what I can do. Um, probably run a, a pretty similar program just because things don't work out. Doesn't necessarily mean that what you did was wrong. Um, maybe this next time I go up there, maybe the does aren't there. Maybe I can get a better drop on the deer. Maybe he's in a, just a different spot. So, um, yeah, I think sometimes things don't work out and it's not because you did something necessarily wrong. Sometimes it is obviously I missed the shot. That was wrong. That was my fault. Um, but I think you can be encouraged by running a solid program and having a good hunt, even though you didn't get anything. That's, uh, one of the things that I've learned from, from hunting is you can have a really good hunt, have a lot of fun, have a really good experience and then not come home with anything. Sometimes things just don't work out. Um, so get excited to, to get back up there. Uh, I sure am. So we'll call that, uh, this episode. Thanks again for listening, supporting the, uh, the podcast. Uh, you can buy my books on Amazon or go to on step Alaska, check that out. And, uh, thanks for listening.